Hi guys, you have McGann and welcome back to another episode of There I Read It where me, a grown woman, is reading Harry Potter for the first time ever. And we're on chapter 15 today which was called The Forbidden Forest and this is where Harry and Hermione and actually Neville too all end up getting detention and part of that is going to the Forbidden Forest for some reason. That's really weird way to handle detention. But to jump straight into my notes for this chapter, Hermione and Harry are just terrified of getting expelled, but I, I kind of have a question there. Wouldn't expelling kids from Hogwarts just kind of lead to more evil and untrained wizards out in the world? Like, hey, we tried to do this the right way, but now we're just going to keep fiddling with magic anyways. I mean, how do you actually stop a wizard from using magic once they leave if they're expelled? I know they said that Hagrid had his wand snapped and he's not supposed to use magic anymore, but he clearly still can and does sometimes. So I don't know, it's kind of curious there, and especially when you have issues like the Weasleys, where Ron has a hand-me-down wand. Well, that means at some point that wizards get new wands and then discard their old ones or give them away or whatever. So, I mean, even if they broke your wand at Hogwarts, couldn't you get another one at Ollivander's or from a relative who got a new one or from a wizard who died or something like that. I really feel like you could. Anyways, that's not really chapter specific. But my poor Neville, Nev's Nev's, he gets caught trying to warn Harry about Malfoy and he just spills all of the beans. He's one of those kids that doesn't get, hey, maybe we don't want the adults to know that there's a dragon involved. My poor sweet summer child, he just doesn't know how to be a liar. But that is an interesting point too, because Neville is so sweet and everything's on his sleeve. You can read him like a book. And in the same chapter, Harry is shown to be kind of more calculating, not even in a smart way, but he's going through his head like you would kind of expect a normal teenager to do and trying to figure out a way, what can I do? What can I say to get out of this trouble? But Neville's just like the kid, like, yeah, I did the thing because it seemed like the right thing to do. He's my precious little angel boy, and I will take no criticisms about him. But lucky for Harry and Hermione, McGarnagle doesn't believe a word about the dragon stuff. She thinks it's more than some cock and bull story that Harry told to get Malfoy in trouble. So, you know, Malfoy would be up trying to bust him and be like, no, there's a dragon, there's a dragon. And people would think he was crazy. So Harry, you know, again, they, even the teachers see Harry as being very calculating. So as part of their punishment, they get detention and minus 50. 50 points from Gryffindor. And when Harry's like, what? 50 points? She's like, oh yeah, each. So 150 points from Gryffindor because Harry, Hermione, and Neville are all out of bed and in trouble. And I'm not sure why being caught out of bed in a dorm room type of situation is the worst thing that they could ever imagine these kids doing, but somehow it is. I see why they wouldn't want them wandering around Hogwarts, but I fail to see how it is the most horrible thing that a student could ever do. It, it's seems a, a little bit uh, over the top there. McGarnagle, dear, you're a tad bit dramatic. And then the next day comes and they have these giant hourglasses that track the house points and everybody's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we were in the lead. How's Gryffindor minus 150 points now? And everybody's furious about it, even Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, because they're like, oh, Slytherin needed to go down. How could you do this to us? But even on the Quidditch team, nobody wants to talk to Harry. They just refer to him as the Seeker, and Hermione and Neville are really in the same kind of boat. And it's so bad that Harry even vows that 
he's gonna mind his own business forevermore. And then, as if he challenged fate, Harry walks by and happens to hear Quirrell giving in allegedly to Snape about something and he thought, oh no, he's going to know how to break Quirrell's spell on the Sorcerer's Stone and now he's going to get past to Fluffy and get it. Ah! Harry's super torqued up about it. But then they get an owl that says they have an 11 p.m. detention with Filch who takes them to the Forbidden Forest who is then handing the kids over to Hagrid. And apparently the old punishment was hanging kids by the wrist from a ceiling with chains and they had to do this for several days. And that's another thing I have a question about. Like, did the house cup come as a replacement for the punishment system? Or was it like you lost points from Gryffindor and you're gonna hang off the ceiling from chains? For whatever it's worth, though, (laughs) I I almost want to say that one of the Weasley kids broke it. Could you imagine, though, if they put the Weasley twins up in chains and the kind of shenanigans they would get into and how little they would care? So, yeah, that would kind of make sense that they would replace it with losing group points so that way you get sort of peer pressured into behaving better. It really kind of sounds like a trick that you'd see on one of those super nanny shows from what, 10 years ago? Are they still on? Do they still do Super Nanny and Nanny 911? I don't know, but they always like to split kids off into teams and have like group points and stuff in those shows. But into the Forbidden Forest and the kids find out that they are looking for a hurt unicorn. And for whatever reason, Hagrid decides to split them into two groups. I'm sure to cover more ground, but still um, seems a lot of a stupid idea to do with kids. But the groups are Malfoy, Neville, and Fang the dog. And then Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid. Their system is to shoot out green sparks if they find the unicorn or red sparks if they run into trouble. And unicorns have silver blue blood, which they're finding all over the ground in all kinds of weird splattery positions. It looks like a crime scene out there. And Hagrid freaks out a little bit because he hears this weird slithering noise from an animal he can't identify. But he's really sure that whatever is hurting the unicorns is not something that belongs in that forest. It's not natural or native there. And they are found a unicorn dead so they're really worried about this injured one but then right after they hear the weird slithering sound they find centaur ronin and he just keeps saying mars is bright tonight and hagrid's trying to ask him questions about if he's seen anything if he knows anything and he just keeps talking about mars and then centaur bane shows up and when hagrid questions him he just goes right over by ronin and says the same thing like oh my mars is bright tonight then some red sparks show up and hagrid panics he goes to find malfoy and neville just to find out that malfoy had tormented neville and neville got scared and shot up a flare because he thought something grabbed him so then Hagrid says, okay, we're going to redo these groups here. Neville, you're going to be with us. And Harry, you're going to go off with Malfoy and Fang. Sorry, bro. I know you really don't want to, but we kind of got to get this done tonight. But then Malfoy and Harry find the unicorn laying dead on the ground. And there's something slithering that they really can't figure out what exactly it is. And I'm not completely sure if the slithering creature disappeared or if it went in the bushes and transformed, but this hooded figure crawls out of the bushes to drink the unicorn blood. And Malfoy can't seem to shut his mouth, so he makes a noise. The unicorn eater looks at Harry directly in the eyes, and then Harry's scar feels like it's on fire. Then we don't really know what happens, but the next thing Harry knows is that, I'm gonna say this wrong, Ferenz? F-I-R-E? 
E-N-Z-E, Frenzy, Frenzy? I'm going to try Frenzy. I think that sounds cute. But the centaur Frenzy shows up and he's got a Palomino body, which is how you can tell him apart, apparently. And he saves Harry. There's some to-do about centaurs only do what's foretold in the heavens, which is why they must have been talking about Mars. And Harry gets the impression that, hey, I think they wanted to let me die and they're mad that this one saved me. And I, I will note, I was really confused because I thought Hermione had gone with Malfoy and Harry, but apparently she stayed with Hagrid in that group. I don't think it specifically said that because they describe Harry just rushing off on the centaur back and I'm like, wait a minute, what about Hermione? Where is she? But she was with Hagrid. That was apparently the answer that I was unclear on. And while Harry's getting back to safety, the centaur tells him that unicorn blood will keep you alive, but it's a cursed life. And he's kind of like, come on, Harry, you know what's in the school, right? You know, I mean, you know, right? There's a sorcerer's stone in there. So they believe that the creature is trying to get the unicorn blood to stay alive long enough to get the elixir of life, which which again is something you can make with the Sorcerer's Stone because we don't have enough degrees of separation there. And Harry gets back to his room. He tells Ron about everything. He's kind of exhausted. And then he sees over by his bed, the invisibility cloak that he left up on the roof is folded up nicely. And it just has a note that says, just in case with no signature explanation. I think it surely has to be Dumbledore that put it back. Um, I don't know who else would have been interested in that. So what I am really curious about is what is this Mars looks bright tonight stuff all about. I'm kind of researching it over here. Oh, okay. So it's an astrological thing where Mars is the god of war. So it's, it's like Mars being bright means a war or a battle is coming. Although I will note I'm on sci-fi.stackexchange.com so I, I don't know how authentic this answer is. So because the centaurs aren't really direct with people and they do whatever the heavens tell them apparently, the whole thing with Mars looks bright tonight is telling them that, hey, there's going to be a big bloody battle tonight. So I think what was meant to happen is that the thing eating the unicorn, which I know who he is, obviously, but I don't want to spoil it just in case someone listening to this doesn't know. But I think the unicorn eater was supposed to go after and kill Harry that night. And that's why, you know, they were kind of warning Hagrid without saying anything directly. Overall, though, my feelings on this chapter are kind of mixed and strange because, I mean, it's it's kind of a cool chapter. I mean, we have a kid's book with unicorn murder and mythical animals and lots of mystery right now. So, you know, it's a neat chapter. But logically, I, I don't know, this whole idea of, hey, you have detention and that detention is going to be in the Forbidden Forest thing just doesn't feel right. Who arranged that and why would they think, hey, there's some non-native species of something in here killing unicorns, which is a big taboo no-no for every animal and creature in the world. But let's go take some first year sixth graders in here and see what happens. This seems like a grand idea. I mean, it had to be Dumbledore, right? He would be the only one able to authorize a punishment that weird, right? Surely if Snape or Quirrell or even McGarnagle said, well, they'll be Hagrid's assistant while he's in the Forbidden Forest. Like, nobody would have greenlit that. Plus, you have the fact that the detention applied to Malfoy, too, who's in a different house. So if it were the teachers that were calling the shots for the detention, I don't see 
you know, where it wouldn't be separated by house. You know, Snape would decide Malfoy's detention and McGarnagle would decide Harry, Hermione, and Neville's. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of intrigue in this chapter and only two chapters left till the end. So I am, I'm really excited. I've almost read a whole novel for the first time in a very long time. Well, okay, that's not true. I have read books. I read Wander not so long ago, but I don't think Wander is anywhere near as long as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Anyways, guys, thank you all for watching and sticking with me through to the end here. And uh, we're at our home stretch. So we'll see you next time, family members. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.